You're listening to Breakaway Wealth, the show designed to help you build wealth faster, think bigger, and break out of the herd. Now, here's your host, Jim Oliver. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. I'm your host, Jim Oliver, and with me today is Dave Codre. Dave, welcome to Breakaway Wealth. Thanks, Jim. Excited to be here and talk about this stuff. Yeah. I mean, before we get into talking about how you help folks and uh, help people make money, you know, we were talking, uh, first, I want you to introduce yourself. And then I want to ask you a little bit about some of your hobbies that uh, are fascinating to me. So go ahead, Dave, t- tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Yes, yeah, so I grew up in the Northeast. And uh, I started buying real estate probably about 20 years ago as a really as a, as a path to improve my own personal freedom and and get some extra cash flow in the door. It's something I knew I could do. And then I I live in Atlanta now. So I, I eventually found warmer weather, uh, cheaper real estate, which was certainly helpful and yep. lots of other exciting stuff in the Southeast here. So love it down here. I've got three kids and uh, always looking for neat opportunities on the business front and, uh, and love doing outdoor challenges. That's one of probably one of my main hobbies that's out there. You know, it's funny. I have a friend who's in North Carolina and he does like Spartan races or something and you know, that kind of stuff. And it seems like that's right up your alley. Tell everybody a little bit about some yeah. of the, the stuff that you like to participate in. Yes. Barton races, they have the trail series, which is, you know, I think they have like 25, 50 K and hundred K running races. Wow. Or you're obviously those take quite a bit to, uh, to finish up, but they are quite an achievement and, and they're super fun. I've done some of those. It's called the Spartan trail series, which is, uh, really exciting. I mean, those, those are some phenomenal events and, this past weekend, I did uh, I did an adventure race that was so adventure racing is kind of similar to that. You're running and biking and paddling, but we did we did like 190 miles in 48 hours. Wow! Slept for maybe one hour. Wow! Of that time frame, you're kind of constantly out there doing stuff. Just proves you can accomplish so much, and there, there's the human body really can do some impressive things if you you get it working right. So. You know, it's funny because what you just said is it's not only the human body, but your brain, like the way that you think, right? And if you think you can't do something, then you absolutely can't do it. But if you think that you can and you know you're getting stronger and you're improving, and obviously to do that, you got to do a lot of training. And I'm I'm guessing that you're not sitting on a treadmill and, you know, watching TV and listening to, to music while you're doing that. Um, right. And, you know, you make your mind stronger. But I think the key to what you're talking about is finding something they have a passion for, and then you'll, you'll get all the benefits of being in shape and how your body feels, how your mind feels, because you have a passion for it. Like I need to pay somebody to do like functional training with me, because if I got to get up at 5am and go by myself, I'll just say, you know what, forget it. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure you have some accountability people in your lives or in your life as well. But, you know, what? what's funny is you talk about biking. My bike got I'm, it reminded me that I haven't got my bike back. My bike got wiped out in Hurricane Ian. And I have a great guy that works on my bike. But to me, when I go out on my bike, and I don't do anything near like you, but I go out for like, say, 30, 40 miles. It's like a moving meditation. Like I come back and people are like, are you okay? Cause I yeah. am, and I'm never calm and, and, and focused and just relaxed. And I'm just re- like, they think something's wrong with me because I'm so chill. <laughs> no, uh, but you get that kind of feeling too when you're. Yeah, certainly. No, it, it's 
definitely clears your mind. And then it's really the only thing you're thinking of at that point of time. Yeah. And, uh, and one of the takeaways that was, I think Zuckerberg talks about this from Facebook. I mean, picking hobbies that require not only like full mental focus, but physical focus at the same time. Yeah. So you're really just honed in on one thing and, you know, it goes a long way in kind of clearing your head and getting you in the right mindset for whatever it is that you're going to tackle yeah. the next day, the next week, the next month, whatever that could be. You know, we always talk a lot about what makes somebody successful and break away from the herd and what doesn't. But I think that it's just what you said too. And, and, and I can imagine you just didn't start off doing 190 miles, uh, uh, in, in 48 <laughs> hours. Right. I mean, uh, you know, you'd be in the hospital, right? So it's like, it's building that, but it's having that vision of what you want and accomplishing the race. I mean, um, again, I've never done anything like that, but I remember when I was in my twenties, like the first time I did a 10 K I did the Boulder Boulder. I lived in Colorado. You know, I love that it was a race. I have 204 pounds of lean body mass. So <laughs> if I was t at 57, if I was 10% fat, which at 57, I may have given up on. You know, I mean, I, I, I still wouldn't be built for running is what I'm like long distance running, but 10 yeah. K is pretty, pretty cool, you know, and biking, you know, I might be the, uh, the heaviest guy out there. And I love when somebody tries to sell me a lighter bike, that's like five pounds lighter. And I go, dude, I could lose five pounds and no problem. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm not the 130 pound guy that can't lose five pounds, you know? So, all right, let's dive into what you're doing. One of the things I really like about, about before we get into what you're doing is I like your background because you're with Deloitte. I mean, got a lot of friends that over their lifetimes have been with Deloitte and companies like Deloitte. But what I think it does is it teaches you, you learn how businesses operate. You learn how people with real money do things. And I don't know, Dave, it's not putting your money in a mutual fund or a 401k and, and you know, um, stay the course for 30, 40 years. That's not what companies are doing. And I think that I always see even these guys that are still with Ernst & Young or wherever it is, even if they're partners, they own all this other stuff too. Look, I know you're, you know, if you're a doctor, you're busy. Finding the right partner with the right education, the right background, that's key. So talk about what you do with folks and uh, maybe a little bit about your background and how you got into yeah. doing what you're doing. Yeah, I was I was at Deloitte in their financial transformation, the consultancy group that's essentially working a lot with cash flow and figuring yeah. out how do businesses and operations work and how do they balance cash flow to make sure something is successful. And you could look at that from a multi-billion dollar company standpoint, all the way down to your own checkbook and making sure you understand how cash flow works. And it's not something that uh, is readily taught, but there is a ton of information out there on it to to go learn from. And I kind of had a multi-year deep dive through Deloitte Consulting with it. And it was, uh, it was phenomenal. I, I was able to learn a ton from what I'm doing now and, and bring it into my business. So I'm very thankful for that career opportunity. It was an excellent place to start. And then essentially taking a cash flow model and applying it to, to what other investment options are out there. And then I, I picked real estate only because it was something that I liked doing. It was interesting to me and I could do a lot of it on my own when I started. I enjoyed the physical improvement side of real estate. I learned it when I was a kid. I knew it through high school with my dad teaching me stuff. So that was one I could do right away. I didn't, I didn't go try and pick a career path. That was like something I had no experience or no knowledge. And I started what with the easiest path for me and what my abilities were. So from there, I've been 
working with individual investors and we've been buying, turning around different pieces of real estate for the past 15 years here down in Atlanta. And it's been a great market to do it in. So that's what I do to this day. I mean, own the operating part of it and own the investment side of it. So we're, we're vertically integrated. So we are, you know, we take investment dollars in and we are the start and the finish of that from, from, uh, we deploy the capital and then we also, uh, service operate, do the construction where we're for full service and trying to figure out what value we can have within, uh, different real estate investments. You know, this past weekend I was doing my adventure race and we ran, ran and biked, like I said, like 190 miles all over the state. And we buy dollar generals as one of our investments. And I found three of them out running in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And I'm with a friend of I'm like, Hey, we got to stop and get a picture with this dollar general. Yeah. I found another one out here. And, uh, I love looking at that stuff. So even in the middle of the night, we found one at like 4.30 in the morning that I texted over to my friend. I was like, look, I found another one out here. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing out here in the middle of the night? But, you know, I like it. I love it. So, you know, for me, it's a good path. So, you know, think when I think about, you know, somebody sitting in the audience and they don't really know how to get started. And look, when somebody says they want to go flip houses or they want to go if they're busy, if they have a job, they have a career, or they want to go buy multifamily and renovate. And, you know, I, I don't always cringe, but I, I want them to know what they're getting involved in, right? Because, hey, that's a great way to make a lot of money too. But talk about what you see, like, how would somebody uh, work with you guys and build like a portfolio, meaning like where you would have multiple investments, you've got cash flow, you've got asset growth, you know, all of that. Yeah. I think it's kind of a two-part question right there. There's some people that know they want to invest in real estate. They know what they're trying to do with the tax advantages of it and how it relates to other aspects of their financial picture. That could be a good opportunity for a partnership between a company like mine and that investor. We're going to go out and pick specific deals that fit on how we make money. We're making money through value add opportunities, but across many different asset classes in many states. So some people want to have you kind of get into state specific assets that they're looking at, but that's really someone who knows, hey, I want to do real estate. If they're if they're thinking, hey, I just I want to go earn some passive income, it doesn't have to be real estate. I mean, you could start a monogramming company and go make a boatload of money if that's something you're good at, you have a passion for and you understand it. You should go after that. Not just, oh, hey, I'll just invest in real estate because I heard something. So first, we want, you know, we want to make sure people are interested in real estate for the right reasons. Not just, hey, I heard I sh you, know, you can make some passive money in this, in this deal. That's not really how we work with individuals on looking at things. So you coach people also, like if um, it's funny that you said what you just said, Dave, because I own a lot of businesses that like the person that understands the business and is the expert comes to me and says, hey, I want to be in business with you because I want you to help me grow this business. And there's here's a perfect example is I live in Southwest Florida. We got hit by Hurricane Ian. The thing that people are seeing is that cabinets are really hard to get, right? And there's a small custom cabinet company that um, is for sale and I'm pursuing buying it, at least buying into it, um, if not buying it completely. And what I look at is I think, okay, who's number one in that space? Well, the company that's number one in that space spends a million dollars in advertising a month down here. What is the company that I'm looking at spend? Zero, right? So it's not rocket science. They do a yes. way better job than this other company, 
right? I mean, there's stuff people rave about it. I've got, I mean, I could, I could tell you stories people, builders have told me, man, this is the best. Okay, well, let's scale it. That's not hard. We need a little bit of money. We need this and this and this. And we need some good management on how to grow, not just tighten up expenses and stuff. That's easy, but it's how to grow it, right? That's where the talent is. So maybe six months from now, I'll be in the cabinet business, right? And I'm excited about that because then I get to learn about the cabinet business. But maybe talk about some of the opportunities that that you get excited about or that you've because I, I love that you guys don't just do real estate. And like, if I'm a, let's say I'm a doctor and I've got a million bucks a year to put into something, like how do I, how do you work with me? And how do we determine where's that money gonna go? Do you find the deal? Do I find the deal? Yeah, we're, you know, so from my standpoint, we're always finding the opportunities. We're doing all the due diligence and finding anything upfront that we then send out to our investor group based on what their interests are. Right. So we want to talk to them for like, hey, what are you trying to do? Are you are you specifically looking at tax planning or capital gains or income currently? Like, what is it that you're looking for? And that and that could push things in a lot of different uh, in a lot of different directions. So especially with you know what are they planning for in the future? So we're trying to take that whole look as to you know where are things going to go, and that can direct heavily into what investment they get into. We don't do anything as a fund, so we're all individual one off situations. And I started that from the day one because I, I didn't ever want to have a fund that's like, hey, we have to go spend money or we have to go sell assets because you know this is a lifetime of our fund. This is how much capital we raised or deployed or, or whatever. A lot of times they get into points like that where they, they have to sell or they have to buy. And we never really want to be pressured to have to make a decision like that. So everything we do is one-off opportunities. And we're, just, we're looking to find, we have a bunch of different angles that we go after, but yeah. high growth areas with an opportunity to add value. Like there's got to be an opportunity to grow. There's got to be an opportunity to scale something so it can you know, be worth a lot more than you paid for it. So they're going and they're buying the company, you're partnering with them, and then you're in the boat together, basically. Correct. Yep. I love that. I love that. You know, it's, there's been a couple of things, um, and I love that what you just said about like the tax planning thing, because- yeah. There's so many people that I know, I've got a lot of friends that are making what most people consider a lot of money. And some of them are getting hammered on tax. And some of them, you know, some of them would say, you know, well, I just want my, you know, my effective tax rate to be whatever percentage. Then I have other people, they're making five, six, $10 million a year, and they're not paying anything in tax, right? And uh, I kind of lean towards the the latter <laughs> rather than the former. So, you know, talk to some you know, maybe some things that like from a tax standpoint that most people haven't heard of. I mean, everybody's heard of cost segregation or something like that. You know, here's one that I've always thought about, Dave, that I don't really know the angles, but I know there's no, that all these people in Kentucky with a ton of money with horses. I know that there's a, there's an angle there. I don't know what it is exactly. I don't know how it works, but maybe you can talk about something unique that you guys are yeah. doing. I'm not sure on the Kentucky one, but I, I mean, I've been to Lexington. You drive around there. It's like, they're doing something right. Yeah. Um, they've got some grandfathered in land clauses there that I know that they're not developing any of that land. And they're, it's interesting up there. They've got some phenomenal pieces of property. There's lots of ways to look at tax planning, but you, you've got to look at it not only from the how you earn your money, but how you spend your money and where your money lives. So you put it into those three buckets 
I think you can get a better idea of, of how you're going to do some tax planning or estate planning or, or utilizing capital. But I don't know if there's necessarily like a silver bullet of saying like, hey, you got to look at this, you know, this yeah. one situation. Just I think if you think the least efficient way to tax plan is to have W-2 income and buy things at a consumer level. That's the least efficient. That's the highest tax way to earn and spend money in America is right. to have a full W-2 job. Don't have any any savings. I mean, even like a 1099 dividend form, you're paying 15% tax on. Right. So that's lower than W-2 income. But if you just have W-2 income and you pay sales tax and you buy everything you know, in that format, that's the highest tax bracket that you can be in. So anything beyond that is an improvement. I totally Any way agree. you look at it. So. You know, it's like, uh, it's even if you, you know, uh, we talk to people and there's a lot of people out there that are doing like setting up a C-Corp and it's a marketing company. And then you, you, know, you lease your house and Hey, look, if you could, if you could go from 37 to the 21, that's pretty good. Right. And that's that, you know, the, um, 16% is 16%. I mean, on a million bucks, that's 160 grand that pays for a lot of, uh, Yep. really nice homes. You know? So your house could be paid for on your tax savings. I agree with you. There's a lot of things and you got to know somebody, you got to be working with people that get that, that get that bigger picture, that listen to yeah. what your, what your goals are, because so many people, you know, that like, you know, I used to live in this small area and, and the doctors kind of thought that they were king. They didn't realize there's a lot of business people that were making way more than the doctor and they were paying a lot less in tax, but doctors get hammered. Like you said, W2 people that are making a lot of money, they get hammered. Yeah. What, you know, one of the earliest pieces of advice that I got was to make sure his advice was to make sure you pay yourself first, Dave. Yeah. It was like, make sure whatever you're earning, you know, everyone, most time people are going to start out and they've got, you start out at 16 years old working, you're, you're going to get some kind of random W2 job, yep. you know, bus boy, something like that. You're going to, you're going to be paying taxes. It was like put money away in, in a tax efficient manner and, and, and pay yourself first. So you can use your capital more advantageously down the line. You're not going to be able to do it day one. It doesn't right. happen day one. You got to, you got to plan for it and have a path. But like you said, like there's, there's a lot of uh, information out there and you've got to try and find someone who's been to where you want to go and at least <laughs> ask them so you can follow a little bit of their steps. You know, I'm sure you find this, especially when you were consulting is people want to help people when they ask, you know, um, and they, there's a lot of businesses out there that, that people want to find, they want an exit strategy, right? They don't have their exit strategy and they want to sell their business. A lot of times people say, well, why would somebody sell this business if it's making all this money? Well, there's a lot of reasons why people want to sell businesses. I, I noticed that you do some stuff in Tennessee and we've got a partner in Tennessee. We bought um, a really nice portfolio and like three X our money in less than three years. And it was a divorce, you know and I mean? Hey, they're getting divorced anyway. Right. So we're not, we're not taking advantage yeah. of the divorce. In fact, we actually created cash flow for one of, of the people involved in the divorce it worked out great and they understood the the advantages to finance the deal for us and then we 3x the value and bought them out you know uh, or paid them off so there's a lot of cool things like that that you can do out there and you got to find the right partner that has the experience that how to do it and it's not rocket science once you kind of you know what to look for but 
You know, everybody kind of has a different due diligence uh, and underwriting process. Talk a little bit about what, what are some of the things you look for? Mainly, we, we got to like it. Yeah. Like, you got to like whatever it is that's happening. And, and, I, and some advice says, hey, the business doesn't matter. Just look at the financials. But for me, it's like, I want to make sure we're looking at something that I like. You know, yeah. I, I joke around, like, even the places that I eat. I mean, I eat at Chick-fil-A a bunch. I like Chick-fil-A. I would invest in Chick-fil-A. That's a great yeah. business because yeah. I like it. And I, I feel like I want to be part of, be part of that. So for me, it's first, you know, you, you got to, it's got to be something you like, got to be something that you, you want to spend time at. So you're not, because businesses and any investment is taking, taking time out of your life to do it. So I think that's the, the first part of it. And the second part is just understanding the cash flow. Yeah. You, got, you got to understand how, what are the dependencies on how money's coming in the door and what could change to affect that. So every time we're looking at any kind of investment model, we're looking at how's the cash flow coming in. And what variables are going to impact that cash flow the most? And you you can't plan for a hundred different things to happen, but you've got to be able to know what are the top two or three things that impact cash flow coming in the door and how could that change? Because you also right. you want to know how can I improve that cash flow? What can I do to make that go up 10% higher, 50% higher? Like what is the number you're trying to get to? And what do you have to do? You know, I like what you said. And you know, like when you've done it a few times too, I know that you can spot those opportunities and say, man. You know, look, if we just do this and this and this, this is going to increase cash flow by this percentage. And if we increase cash flow by this percentage, we can grow, we can do this, but we, the value of the company goes up. I mean, all of these things. And when I say it's not rocket science, it, it's a skill and you need experience in doing it. But once you've done it and you, you alluded to this in the very beginning is find somebody that has what you want and do what they did or ask them to guide you and, and work with them directly to do what they did. And, and you know, that's almost the, the way that you ensure success or assure that you're going to be successful. So yeah. An I example mean, of that, like we own a tree company, we own a lot of real estate too. So trees are one thing we're always kind of battling and there was never a good avenue to spend really tens of thousands of dollars cutting down tree. You had residential tree companies, or you had massive national tree companies. And we're like, look, we just need to, we need to find a way to service that kind of bigger 20, 30, $40,000 spend on a tree service job, but not with your typical residential tree company and not with a big national player that's like clearing highways. There was right. no good, like in the middle ground. So we found a team that we could put together that could service that and perform to those expectations. And it's been working out great. That's awesome. Awesome. I like what you said about investing in things that you like, because, you know, you need to have a passion for something. It could be, there's a lot of different things that it could be, right? If you like cycling there, I guarantee you there's businesses out there that are making a lot of money in that world. And if you like fitness, there's lots of businesses that are making a lot of money in that world. And it really comes down to having that passion and if you were if you were digging holes and you're making a lot of money, but you didn't have a passion for digging holes, sooner or later it doesn't matter how much money you've got coming in, right? I mean, right. and that's kind of the secret is it's really not about the money. It's uh, the money comes because you're you're doing something you like that you're good at that you get good at, and you've got the right people around yeah. you. So, Dave, if somebody wants to check out your stuff, what what are some of the ways that they can uh, find out more about you and your uh, easiest way is Website, it's greenleafmgmt.com or Greenleaf Management. And then uh, myself and my business, Greenleaf, are on, on uh, LinkedIn as well. Perfect. 
All right, Dave, if God came down from heaven and only allowed you to retain the knowledge that you've received from one book in your life, what would that book be? You know, thinking about there's there's lots of good ones out there, but one of my favorite ones is this book, uh, Running Man. And yeah. it's not necessarily an investment book. It's not uh it doesn't go in, into that kind of stuff, but it's just overcoming challenges and seeing what obstacles are out there and really how anything is truly possible if you just stick to it and keep working through things. So that book was by uh, Charlie Engel, and it's an excellent read, and it just shows the power of, of what you can actually accomplish. You know what I love about that is we work closely with uh, one of the authors of the 12-week year. He's kind of an expert in vision, and the thing that I love about the message of that is, you know, you create this vision. There's got to be a reason. You know, you can start with why, you know, all these things, right? But what I really want to know is what do you do when you get hit in the face? And Mike Tyson says, everybody has a plan until they get hit in the face, right? Do you lay down in the fetal position on the couch or what do you do? What's your response? And when you hit those obstacles and you hit that adversity and you hit those setbacks, you know, what do you do? You know, I'm sure when you're training, you're not healthy hundred percent of the time when you're training, right? You have to fight through the adversity, fight through those injuries or fight through those setbacks or rest when you need to rest, right? So that's great that you referenced that book because I think fighting through the adversity and fighting through the challenge is everything. And not only fighting through it, you have to learn to enjoy it. You got to learn to love it. Yeah. I mean, in that book, Charlie, I mean, Charlie ran across the Sahara Desert. I think he did two marathons a day for a hundred days. There's no way you feel good doing that, but he, I, like the, he enjoyed every minute of it and, and you know, you learn a lot from pushing yourself like that and anything's really possible. You just got to have that vision of what you want it to be. Yeah. And you're right. My favorite quote is adversity introduces a person to themselves. And, you know, I, I love that. I love the adversity and, and fighting through it. Dave, thank you so much for being on the show and, and sharing. Um, and uh, I would encourage people to go to uh, your website, which we'll put in the show notes and check it out and uh, reach out to Dave if you've got questions and you want to learn more. And uh, I love that. I love your passion and what you said about investing in something that you like. I mean, that's uh, that's definitely haven't heard that for a while. So differentiate you. And we're going to end this with incredible words of Earl Nightingale and the strangest secret. So take it away, Earl. Here's the key to success and the key to failure. We become what we think about. Now, let me say that again. We become what we think about. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. If you are looking to discover new wealth building strategies, then go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com to join our free online community and get access to free courses and in-depth training videos designed to help you build wealth and break away from the herd. Click the link in the show notes to access the community today. Thanks again for listening.